RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. You are sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of City Ringside. My name is David Penzer, and I am so happy that you are here to listen to this thing we call a podcast. And as we speak, they're playing baseball. And I could give a damn if there's any fans in the arena. Uh, there's been no fans in our arena since uh, March, so uh, I don't care. I am just so happy to see baseball back. Uh, hockey's coming back. I'm not a, a big basketball fan, but they're coming back. At this point, I'll take anything. Uh, and football better come back because if I can't do, I already, I already got a whole fantasy, uh, fantasy league uh, with Tommy Dreamer and Eric Young and and Brian Myers and a whole bunch of experts. Adam Rank. I've already organized that whole thing. I just gotta tell the talent because. Adam Rank's all in on it. I just got to tell the talent when I go back up there to do TV. So I got another fantasy league now, an expert uh, impact wrestling league. So uh, I told Eric Young uh, we need to do it, and he said, I'll be happy to take your money. So we'll see. Eric Young, who we'll have on the podcast at some point, of course. Um, I want to thank everybody. Look, this is not an impact wrestling podcast. As a matter of fact, next week we're having Lance Storm on to talk about his career and his time in WCW, WWE, his school, and um, and and what happened being let go from WWE. So this is in no way a, an impact wrestling podcast, but I do work there and I was there backstage. So I feel like it would be um, probably inappropriate of me not to share some of my feelings and insight uh, about uh, this past weekend with Slammiversary and uh, and uh, the TV tapings that we did afterwards, uh, one of which already aired uh, this past Tuesday. So um, what a crazy, crazy uh, situation. Um, thank God none of the really none of the um, uh, surprises got leaked. Uh, so that's cool. Um we just, it started to feel on Friday, on Thursday, really, like this thing had some buzz. Just go, you know, sometimes you go out for social media and you got a few people making a lot of noise, but it seemed like it was something different. And then we got there Saturday and people started reaching out to the talent. When I say people, people in the office of other companies, people in the that are wrestlers for other companies, big, big names, women, men. Uh, started reaching out to the talent and to the office and to fight to see if they could get a code. Because let's face it, I don't care how much money you have. If you're in the wrestling business, you don't want to buy a pay-per-view. There's nothing more. I've had to do it before for WrestleMania. And there's nothing more that makes you feel like a mark than to be in the business 20, 30 years and have to pay 35 or 40 bucks for a pay-per-view. But but nobody had any code. So um, I don't know who who actually paid for it, who didn't, but there was a lot of interest in it. And – uh, it wasn't perfect, but I think it was a, a I think it was a hit, and um, I think we got a lot of interesting uh, talent. Basically, if I would have had a um, a list when I saw the original promo, if I would have had a list of uh, who would be the probably the best people to for us to be able to get that fit Impact Wrestling and what we're trying to do right now, and probably everyone that was there would have been on the list. And it's so much fun to see guys like Eric Young and. Luke Gallows, who, oh, by the way, we're going to be talking to in just a few moments. So uh, don't miss that. And he has a pay-per-view on Fight TV. August 1st, Talking Shop of Mania that I was a part of. We're going to talk about that as well with Doc Gallows. But um, 
fun to see him and Carl Anderson and and Heath Slater and 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 Brian. Ma- These guys are finally getting a chance to have fun. And you know, we'll talk to uh, Doc Gallows a little bit about you know if if WWE was fun or not. I know they had fun on the road. You know, you can make your own fun, but uh, I have a feeling that TVs were not too much fun uh, for most of these guys. Uh, some I know for a fact. So um, it was just really cool to be a part of. We taped six really cool episodes of of television. Uh, we're going to go back in mid-August and tape all the way down to Bound for Glory, which is in October. And so um, just uh, uh, love to hear what you thought of the the, the, the pay-per-view, what you thought of the, uh, the first show. Uh, I thought the Motor City Machine Guns and the North had a great match. Um, uh, and I thought that uh, the surprises were used very wisely uh, as a follow-up. And um, – you never know. There might be more surprises coming your way. So uh, if you like what you're seeing, continue to check us out. You could watch us on Access TV Tuesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern time. You could, If you don't get Access TV, you could also either join Impact Plus and see it there. Or you could check it out on Twitch. I have no idea how Twitch works, but I know if you sign in and get on there, you could watch it for free at the time that it's airing Tuesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So there's not an excuse anymore, folks. And look, hey. Nobody's saying we're going to take over the world. We're just we just like to be part of the uh, part of the conversation, albeit a small part. So, um, pro- uh, props to Don Callis and Scott Demore and Ed Nordholm for realizing that if they were going to make this work, and you know we've had Ed Nordholm on twice in a row in the last two years as to give a State of Impact Wrestling uh, podcast guest, and um, kudos to them because. Um, you know, everybody, it's, it's, it's human nature to try to just jump in and uh, hotshot everything, you know, try to just, you know, bring in big names and and and, and turn this thing around in a, uh, a month or three months or six months. And they really realized that uh, with all the damage that the brand had and the lack of funds that they had at the beginning, that they were going to have to really start from scratch and slowly build over two and a half years. And they have done that. And People started taking notice and then this whole promotion with, uh, you know, WWE letting all those guys go and promoting who's going to be on the show really seemed to catch people's interest in a time where there's there's just not a lot of interest in a lot of things because people are just trying to figure out either how they're going to pay the rent next month or, or, you know, if they, if they should go to dinner or not, or, or eat at home and all the craziness. So, um, so really cool and props to Scott and Don and Ed and that whole team. And I'm just thrilled to be on it. Uh, but this podcast will continue to be independent of impact wrestling. But if I have any insight, I certainly will share that with you. And I hope you appreciate it. If you have any comments on Slammiversary or the TV tapings or the, or this podcast, you can hit me up at David Penzer, all one word on Twitter at David Penzer, all one word. We were trending worldwide. Number one on Saturday. And if Donald Trump hadn't, put his foot in his mouth, we would have been trending number one on Tuesday. But uh, uh, the President of the United States said something controversial. That's a surprise. And uh, so we were trending number two, but that's still super cool. Um, so without further ado, and I, I've noticed I said that a lot. Well, I say that a lot without further ado. So uh, I apologize in advance. But without further ado, 
Ladies and gentlemen, somebody who has an incredible story to tell, who's an incredible storyteller, who's one of the funniest guys in the business and who is part of Talking Shop Podcast and Talking Shop Mania. August 1st on pay-per-view on Fight TV. I was there. It was hilarious. A lot of surprises. And um, you're not going to want to miss it. I'm talking about Luke Gallows. Doc Gallows, welcome to City Ringside. All right, ladies and gentlemen, looking forward to my guest this week. Uh, just uh, came back from a weekend with him, and it looked to me like he was him and Carl Anderson, his partner, were having a ball. And he has so many projects going on. He um, has, of course, uh, Talk and Shop podcast, which is uh, taking the world by storm. He uh, just signed, uh, along with Carl Anderson, the Good Brothers with Impact Wrestling, and he has a self-funded pay-per-view that's coming up on August the 1st. Uh, at nine o'clock Eastern time on fight TV. And I was there, I was a part of it. If you've seen the preview, you saw a little tone of what's to come. And I will tell you, it's probably the funniest thing I've seen in wrestling. It's basically Southpaw championship wrestling on acid. So would you, is that, was that, is that, is that sort of a good, uh, a good uh, comparison? My guest, by the way, is Doc, Doc Gallows, ladies and gentlemen, from the good brothers. Welcome to city ringside, buddy. Well, thank you, Brother Pender. It's good to be on sitting ringside. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, I think South Paul on acid is a good comparison. You know, uh, let's be honest. I'll toot my own horn right out of the gate here. South Paul Championship Wrestling was stolen from Sex Ferguson, and that's why we made it. Uh, I will forever believe that. But uh, I didn't feel like South Paul got the finish that it deserved. Um so you add that to doing a boneyard cinematic match with the undertaker and AJ styles that my partner, Carl and I were a part of, and then getting a, uh, release sent to you 12 days later. And with our sense of humor and the way that the podcast momentum has been going, I just thought there is no reason why we shouldn't spoof this, have some fun with it. Uh, it's not meant out of disrespect to anybody. Uh, David Penzer, you were here on site as we were doing it. It is to, in a time where we're in a worldwide pandemic, where the world in some ways seems to be in shambles, where people aren't getting along, and all the heartbreaking things out there, all the stuff that we all wish could be better. Uh, we really wanted everybody to have a moment that's a fan of, of, of professional wrestling, like I think we all are. And to be able to smile, to be able to have a laugh, to take your mind off of that for 90 minutes. And I think that you will. Um, was it bad? Yes. <laughs> Are you going to see great? <laughs> but bad, bad in a good way, though. Well, that's my hope, is that it's bad in a great way. Are you going to see great work rate professional wrestling matches? No. No. Are you going to see what could be one of the greatest spoofs of all time? I hope that the answer is yes. The boner yard, boner yard match, which uh, I introduced Sex as Ferguson. such. You sure did. You introduced the whole thing between <laughs> Sex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. Um, <laughs> I think that the amount of cameos and insider humor alone are worth the low, low sticker price of fourteen ninety five. Available on all American pay per view outlets as well as Canadian pay per view outlets and on iPay per view via Fight TV. Um, but I think you're going to enjoy yourself. Uh, Penzer, you were here. You saw the cast of characters. You saw the craziness. Uh, I think it's something wrestling fans will be able to at least get a kick out of. And if you hate it, 
you can't be that mad at me because you only spent 15 bucks. We've all sure. wasted 15 bucks. I'm having a $15 drink like right now. So, um, I got, I have a whole bunch of questions, but I'm going to go out of order here, which I normally do. Cause I have ADD. Um, you mentioned the boneyard match at WrestleMania. How long did that take, take to, uh, to tape? Man, I think we started like just right when it got dark enough and we finished at about five 30 in the morning. Um, wow. So it was, uh, it was long. It was a bit tedious, but, um, you know, we got done what we needed, you know, Taker, to his credit, he comes out right out of the gate, swings at AJ, who's against the limo, AJ ducks, he puts his fist and arm through the glass and not just a cut, but a massive cut where you can see all kinds of shit hanging out of it, but he's old school. He didn't want to stop. So clean it up, held a towel around it as long as we could. Uh, put a bandage on it so you got to go again, and then he'd keep going and continue to do it, and then blood all night. But, you know, he's an old school dude, so I had respect for that. I thought it was cool. I'll be honest with you. I actually thought that that was, wor- that was a work. I didn't know he was really injured. I thought that was a work, and I figured that it was a it was a, um, a spoof on Goldberg on Nitro when he almost killed himself putting his hand through a car window. I thought that they were, they were kind of uh, messing with him. So I did it's, it's, it's funny you should say that because I said to Carl, I go, like, didn't wrestling learn from the Goldberg incident? Like when these big, badass, strong dudes punch these, this glass, like sometimes it breaks. And when it does, it cuts the fuck out of them. Why did we not have a gimmick glass for this? But they didn't have it. So, well, <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> the ribbon, the, the Goldberg thing. The truth on that was he had a uh, like a metal thing to hold in his fist, which was supposed to break it right open. But it didn't, and he hit it like three times on live TV, and it didn't do it. So he got frustrated, so he just dropped it and went did it with his fist. So they had it gimmicked, not gimmick glass, but they had a gimmick that was supposed to not hurt him. But uh, he got so annoyed uh, at it uh, not working that he just he just went all out and almost killed himself. God bless. But um, hey, was that a Jeremy Borash production that a uh, bone 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 yard match? I got to get him right. <laughs> yeah. Um- Jeremy was on site for that. And as you know, it's been documented. I think he was a big part of putting together uh, the Hardy compound stuff that you guys saw when we saw broken Matt emerge, which, you know, Matt, I think is, is the guy we got to thank for all this cool cinematic stuff. Um, he did it first. He did it right. It was great. And here we are, but yeah, Borash was there along with triple H, Mike, excuse me, Michael Hayes and, uh, and all of us. And that was kind of it. So, Getting back to Southpaw, was that your idea? Was that like a, a, a bunch of people kind of sitting around on a tour bus overseas, you know, talking about something cool? How did that come about? No, they basically came to us and said they wanted to do it. And I was like, oh, interesting. Where'd you guys have that idea? But, uh, <laughs> he did it. I thought season one was pretty funny. I wasn't a big fan of season two. I thought that they cut us out of a lot of scenes, which uh, sounds like I'm just being a selfish mark, but I, I kind of thought it was kind of our brand of humor and they, they kind of not forced, but kind of strongly suggested some guys play some characters. They were obviously uncomfortable with. I'm extremely comfortable being sex Ferguson because my wife says that that's just me in real life. Uh, so when I have a couple of cocktails, but um, yeah, I, I think that the, it that didn't have a proper finish. So if you want to see a TV MA, and I will say that, put the kids to bed for this one because it is vulgar. There is a lot of vulgar innuendo. 
involved in talking shopamania, but all that is meant and designed to make you laugh. Every fuck, every suck. So <laughs> enjoy that and just know that it's it's lighthearted and it's supposed to be taken as a good time. I'm wondering if you're familiar with Impact Preventional Wrestling Federation. I obviously I am because I've been watching Impact. Yes, I am. So I'm wondering if Sex Fer- if, I'm wondering if Sex Ferguson has any interest in maybe joining now Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation. Sex Ferguson's always looking for a fucking payday, <laughs> buddy. You put it in an envelope and I'll be there. <laughs> oh, that I still have that. I saved that on DVR. That and Southpaw are two of the most entertaining things that have come around probably in the last decade. But uh, yeah, I think <laughs> well, that I, I I I don't want to give away anything, but I I think that they uh, uh, that they uh, I, I came up with a character who my character could be on the show and uh, Scott Demore loved it. So I don't know if we'll do it or not. And I don't know that we could do that unless there's, well, you all did it without wrestling fans in the audience and WWE was Southpaw. So, but, uh, but yeah, great stuff. So let's get back to a uh, uh, interesting weekend for sure. Um, I would, uh, would I be wrong if I said that you guys had more fun doing that pr- uh, promo that aired this past Tuesday night than probably anything you did in WWE in, in the ring? Man, I, I've been saying this in interviews all day long. It was uh, a lot of people, I'll, I'll ask a leading question and, and, and step on it here a little bit because it's kind of a long answer, but but. Part of the attraction with coming to Impact and, and coming to work with all of you guys who we know, like, and respect, uh, Scott Demore, especially Don Callis, uh, Ed Nordham, was the fact that not only did Impact pursue us as wrestlers, but also uh, so that we could team up and we could co-brand, put our Talking Shop brand, our Talking Shop and Mania brand, the beer, all that stuff together co-promote and us to wear the impact hat wave the flag be happy be proud representatives of impact which we 100 percent are uh but what was so cool to me two things about that promo uh they came to us and said hey you guys are out in this segment you got a promo well cool we just came from wwe what do you want us to say we'll say what you guys would say be you yep what a feeling what a feeling to really, truly have the handcuffs off. Like I've talked so much about to get to be us and to kind of express ourselves almost to the point where like, I, you know, I, I think we're pretty good talkers. That wasn't our best promo. It was, it was, we were just getting warmed up, but to be allowed to do that. And then I was driving back from Nashville here to Georgia with my wife. And uh, I was watching that promo while she was driving. And it was such a rewarding thing to see a company stand by their word, do what they said. And I referenced the pay-per-view and you got Josh and Madison both talking about the pay-per-view promoting it, our pay-per-view coming up. Um, there's a graphic for it. And I just thought like, man, that that's how wrestling is supposed to be. We're all supposed to work together. We're all supposed to help one another. We're all supposed to co-promote everything that we're doing. And that that's why I just couldn't be happier to, uh, I don't want to say the impact family because I've heard that family term thrown around in a lot of other wrestling companies, but I'm glad to be on the team. Uh, I want to help lead the team. Carl does the same way. Come into a roster that is extremely talented. And I hope that me and my buddies coming in can put some more eyes on it because that show deserves to have eyes on it. And I think everybody stepped up at Slammiversary. I think everybody stepped up at this set of tapings. 
I thought it was a great buy, but and I haven't been in, in you know, TNA or, or Impact for years, David. But what did you think? Did you think the vibe was cool? Was it any oh, I, how things I thought it was awesome. I actually talked a little bit about it uh, in the intro before you jumped on here. A funny story that I, I don't think I've ever told. And I think it's probably OK to tell. So um, when I first signed up to uh, to come back and do the first set of Nashville tapings and uh, be part of the, the quote unquote team, I wasn't sure what that was going to entail. And, you know, I wasn't sure if it was going to be long term, short term. They seemed to like me and I, I'm having a blast. But they sent they yeah. sent they send out the formats in advance to all the production people, all the the TV people, not just creative. Creative does the formats, but then they send them out. And so Scott Demore sent out an email to everybody, saying, "Hey, everybody, we need your comments and suggestions and thoughts uh, by tomorrow Wednesday at noon." And so I get a call Wednesday at twelve thirty from Scott Demore, and he goes, "You're too effing good to to give comments," and I'm like. You are talking to me? I never in a million years did I think he wanted my comments. I just thought he was being nice to, to, to CC me on the formats. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't have sent them to you. And I'm like, well, he's like, there are no stupid there are no stupid uh, ideas. We want ideas from everybody. So I was like blown away. So, uh, But that's so. a great feeling. And, and it, it shows the resourcefulness of Scott because, I mean, at that point, what are you, 30 years into the business, David? You've seen the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, so why would you not reach out to a, a veteran set of eyes that's been ringside or in the ring with some of the best and worst moments ever in professional wrestling? That's that's what I think is so cool about the team that you guys have put together at Impact is um, nobody's the head expert, but we can all have a, a damn good opinion and hopefully at the end of the day put out a product that people enjoy and they want to they continue to watch and turn back on. Hey, I'm sure you've been asked this a bunch uh, this week and doing promotion for the the uh, talking shop of mania. But other than catering, probably not being as good compare the impact wrestling locker room vibe to the WWE vibe. Is, is, is it as different as people are led to believe? I'll say this: I was not a fan of Gallows, Anderson, and AJ Styles joining WWE in 2016. I've said that publicly because I thought we had a good thing going in Japan. Um, but I got there and was pleasantly surprised because the locker room of old had changed. The old guard was gone. It wasn't everybody supposed to be walking around on eggshells. I, I give big credit to Roman Reigns for that. Uh, some of my other buddies like Bray Wyatt and some of the guys who become big stars there. It was a fun locker room. It was a cool locker room. Uh, it wasn't the locker room vibe necessarily in WWE. It was the vibe of some of the people who weren't in charge who kind of still liked that. We're going to try to lead through fear and with an iron fist and everybody's supposed to be scared of everything, but you have a different set of eyes on that when you're not 22 and you're 34, 35, like I'm not scared of these motherfuckers or what they think. And I'm not going to cower around everybody and, and, and all that stuff. Um, but that being said, I love the vibe of the impact locker room. I love the vibe of, Hey, let's help each other. Let's pull each other up. Hey, if, if that, I don't think that was necessarily the best thing to do there, then give the opinion to the guy because at the end of the day, what do we want to do? We got great buzz this weekend. We want to keep great buzz. We want to keep eyes on this show. So, I mean, you know, I gave a, a piece of advice at one point. Uh, Dreamer gave me a piece of advice at one point. You can't be closed-minded. We're all always learning. 
the boys were cool and fun. Um, Nashville's a great city. It's not all the way open, so I didn't get to have as much fun as I wanted, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> but uh, I love the yeah, I love the vibe of uh, love the vibe of that locker room. I love the vibe of the show. Love the vibe of the tapings. I mean, and let's be honest, you were there. We put in a hell of a lot of work. What do we do? Three three episodes a day. Now, I, it um, was basically. What? It was on my behalf, not so much yours, because you had had specific segments and matches, although you guys did a lot of behind the scenes stuff. But not when I say behind the scenes, a lot of pre-tape stuff. But um, uh, yeah, my day was pretty much uh, 1130 production meeting. uh, And then I had about an hour to go put the the shows in order when I say in order, because they they don't go in order when you're taping in the soundstage with nobody there. Uh, And then write down all my announcements and stuff. I think one day I was able to grab a bite to eat. The next day I had to wait till that we took a 15 minute break. And, uh, and I was there every night till 10 o'clock, 10 30. So, and I, you know what the funny part is? I, I love every freaking minute of it. I do it again every day to be able to be around the wrestling business and around this company. I'm not, I just want to be, I want to be clear. I'm not bitching. I, I loved that. I loved every minute I worked. And that's a cool thing because you have a team of people who you can tell obviously are passionate about the, the professional wrestling business, passionate about this product and passionate about where we can take it, which uh, I enjoyed the shit out of because <clears throat> you and I, I, I've talked about you forever on my podcast, but we don't know each other well, but the immediate vibe I got out of you that I loved and you being a veteran to me was this guy loves professional wrestling. I love professional wrestling. And when you find that passion in people, um, when your your lifers in this business like you and I are and will be, um, that that's a cool vibe, and you feel that all the way across the board when you come to Impact. I mean, you got you got veterans like Ken Shamrock and RVD back there, and Tommy Dreamer wearing three or four different hats, and then you got all these young up and comers who you know I've been away in Japan and WWE for years, and I wasn't necessarily familiar with until the last few months when I really started watching the show, but you got these 20 something year old kids. And I remember being that age and they want to step up. They want to show out. They want to have the best match of the day. Uh, and they want the eyes on them. And that, that's what all this is all about, man. That's what stepping up is. That's what, um, carrying this brand is. And, and I think that we have a really, really sweet opportunity right now, because I mean, let's be honest, like nobody loves the vibe of performing in front of no audience. Our business was built on that, yep. but to get a, a fresh look and get some new eyes on it and then have all the great people who are already there who have been building it. Um, you know, it's very cliche to say, but I think the sky's the limit for impact wrestling. And I'm, I'm glad to uh, wear the hat and help pull the wagon. So, um, and we're glad to have you by God. Uh, so you, you, you have said, and you guys told your story uh, on, on Friday night. Um, so I, I'm not really going to delve into, you know, that, that entire story because you told it and it's on the Internet for everybody to see if they want to see it. I'm just wondering a yeah. uh, couple questions, though. You had said in 2016 you did not want to go to WWE. I guess Carl and AJ did. Did you have yeah. any kind of expectations that you guys would be part of a, like a bullet club type group or uh, were you hoping that? Did they tell you that? Because it seemed like a no brainer and then they really, they, they, they kind of did it, but then they didn't do it. And they kind of did it at the end, but then they didn't do it. No, I, I didn't have expectations for that because I'm not a hundred percent sure how much they wanted us. I, I think with us, it was probably, <clears throat> well, these guys are over there getting all this buzz in Japan. Should we bring them in? Maybe we should bring them in. Okay, let's bring them in. And I kind of felt like that's how we looked at the whole time we were there. 
Um, I don't know that Vince or Hunter or any of those guys knew that Carl and I were IWGP tag team champions or knew what the Bullet Club really was or what it kind of meant to people and things like that. They knew we had a group in Japan and we were guys who were there doing our thing and here we were. Uh, so I didn't have big expectations. You always hope for that and you always have the, well, what if they did this? What if they did that? Well, what if, what if, what if? Um, it never happened. It was a lot of start and stop. And are we to blame? Are they to blame? I mean, who knows? You can debate about that until you blew in the face. But the fact is, uh, it did not happen. Uh, there was never a full trigger pull on it. And we were basically a watered down version of what we were in Japan. I feel like, um, Carl and I, not AJ, uh, AJ was given every opportunity that he should be given because I, I do believe that he is the best wrestler in the entire world. And, uh, not just because he's one of my best buddies, because I mean, who the hell can argue it? I mean, shit is better, really. Um, yeah. There's a lot of top, top caliber guys right now, and AJ's right up there with all of them, I would say. Um, yeah. But for Carl and I, uh, also we're a tag team, too. So you have to remember that, like, that faction thing was never a full thing. It was like, you got a singles guy and you got the tag team. And we all know that tag team booking is never uh, at the forefront in the WWE mindset. Um, hell of a tag division. Man. The Usos, the New Day, the Revival, you know, when we were there, us, uh, could have done some really cool shit. And we had some cool matches. And there was some cool highlights, but I never, like, they never fully, like, kind of pulled the trigger and, you know, let it be what it was. Because I remember saying, like, I remember how cool tag team shit was, like, in the Attitude Era. And they did spotlight it. And there was a thing for that. But we never really kind of got that opportunity and uh hey it's water on the bridge now because there's gonna be some damn good tag team wrestling going on in impact wrestling i'm sure of that and uh, i think that carl and i can both step out and um help out in the singles division too because we're very different but i think we both bring something to the table so looking forward to that as well yeah i mean the reason that i asked that is my son my 25 year old son is a huge wrestling fan and um uh so and he really is into like you know not so much a WWE guy into New Japan into uh, he was into AEW uh, he just got back into Impact Wrestling uh, with all the the stuff that's been going on and the fact that I've been there um, but I remember he would come down and you know he lives in the house still he uh, moving out soon he was supposed to move out before the damn pandemic but uh, uh, but he's still here <laughs> but anyway my old thank God my youngest is graduating from uh, USF at the end of the month so at least I got one off the payroll but um uh, <laughs> he's a bartender it took him a while to, to get his wings and now he's doing real well and I'm real proud of him anyway that all said I remember he came down to me and told me that you guys are uh, and I wasn't really familiar I knew the names and I knew you from a couple of the legends of wrestling shows that you did aces and eight stuff um, yeah but but uh you know, I didn't, I, I didn't, wasn't super familiar with, with you. And, but he said, oh, I heard Gallows and Anderson or AJ coming in. Do you think they're going to make a club? They could have, uh, they could have Finn Balor and, and he could join the club and, and, and or the group. And, uh, I don't know if, uh, if, uh, Pac, uh, uh, was uh, Prince Divot was was still in WWE? I think it was he was, but when you first came in, you know they could have him, and he built this whole thing up in his mind, and then he was so freaking disappointed. And I was like, well, that's WWE for you. Uh, but but uh, you know, I, I think that the fans had uh, had had 
delusions of grandeur with that. And then we probably did too, because there, there could have been a lot of really cool stuff. Um, yeah, it just makes that. sense. You had, I mean, you had big names that, that formed that bullet club that could have all reunited under a different brand in WWE and taken it by storm. It just doesn't make sense to me why they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I don't know. We can only speculate now and, and maybe, you know, you, you hear it all the time and maybe it's true. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, the board club was not a WWE creation. So maybe they, they didn't want to really feature that all the way in on their show um, for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, it didn't happen and then we all move on and that's that. So I, you know, it, it was what it was, but they had an opportunity to do it and, uh, and we just didn't get it done. Yeah. Hey, going back to the beat towards the beginning, talk to me about working with Ray Gordy. I got to know Ray a little bit. Super guy. Uh, shame that the business is, is at a point where he wasn't able to, to to latch on. And I think he's a police officer, a sheriff's officer now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, second generation, obviously, his father, uh, one of the, the greatest professional wrestlers of the 80s uh, and all, you know, legend in Japan, part of the Freebirds, who are my favorite team. Talk to me about working yeah. with Ray and, uh, and, and, and just what kind of guy he was. And I miss Ray. I miss Ray so much in a wrestling sense. I still see him. We still try to get together. Not as much as, you know, I think we both wish because, as you said, he's a high-level law enforcement guy here in Georgia now in my wrestling career. Uh, kept moving down the road when he chose to step away from that and concentrate on being at home with his wife and stuff, which still, uh, he's still very happily married to Jen and they're great friends of mine. But, um, Ray got a raw deal, man. Ray was, uh, we were teaming together and everybody thought I was Terry's son because I, we had the same <laughs> kind of size and build, but, uh, I would take that compliment because I don't think I'm anywhere near what Terry Gordy was. But, um, you know, Ray, Ray was a little smaller in stature and, and, and Ray had, uh, had come from working over and, and being in the pro wrestling Noah dojo. He'd been a young boy for Vader and spent some time over there. And he was a really explosive guy when he came, um, I was in deep South wrestling, the developmental territory in Georgia, where I still lived, uh, from the day it opened to the day it closed. And I remember not long after it opened, Ray came in to try out and he'd just come from Noah and he came in and he had these. He was jacked out of his mind. He had short blonde hair and these green leather pants on. And he just started suplexing people out of their fucking boots. And I was like, wow, this guy, all right, this is cool. I mean, look at this dude. And then, you know, they turned us into Jesse and Festus, which uh, we both had a good time doing that. It was a good way to get your feet wet on TV. But where do you go from there? Sure. Um, it's a difficult thing. We were a good, fun, mid-card kind of comedy act, but Ray never got to be Ray Gordy, the wrestler, like that he could have been coming from Japan. And that's another example of what we were just talking about with the Bullet Club stuff, even though Ray didn't have that kind of notoriety yet. But Ray was a super guy, a super talented professional wrestler, uh, really fun guy to cut your teeth on the road with, Dave, because, you know, you and I are kind of similar in our old school beliefs that we don't just do this for uh, – you know, the money and what it brings to our family. We do it because it's fun and we like to have a good time. And uh, Ray and I had a hell of a good time throughout our early and mid twenties on the road together, cutting our teeth and WWE going up and down the roads and having a party all the time and just enjoying being together. And, and man, like I said, I'm still good friends with them and uh, we see each other when we can. We, we really had a good time together on the road. And I wish that, um, I wish wrestling would end up different from Ray because, uh, I miss him. The boys all miss him. He, he was top notch. 
Yeah, the, the super guy. Uh, the the difference between your situation and his situation, though, is I would have, and maybe Michael Hayes just saw the writing on the wall and didn't want him to him to get stuck in a spot where he wasn't. Maybe he was it was done out of love because I know Michael Hayes loves Ray and loves Terry like their sons and a brother. Uh, but I just surprised with the power that Michael had that 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 Ray didn't get more of an opportunity. Yeah, I don't want to speak out of term about. Michael and Ray's uh, relationships. So I won't say much on that, but I, oh, think okay. kind of, I think it was kind of out of uh, maybe Michael's hands. I don't know if he could have done more when that all went yeah. down, but Michael and I had a conversation after, and I think that he kind of knew it was coming and he kind of had to sit there and let it happen. And I'm sure that was difficult for both him and Ray. And I don't know what kind of strain it put on their relationship, uh, if any, but um, you know, I don't delve into the personal matters. So sure, was, sure, uh, sure. Wasn't, I wasn't leading you there. I was just saying that's what surprised no, me. But. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was surprised too. I, I really was. Because I, 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 I got to – sorry to cut you off. I, I got, when I lived in Peachtree City and uh, one of our dear friends who's still a dear friend of our days, Darwin and Jill, and Darwin was a cameraman for WCW, but Darwin's also a musician and produced all of Michael's work. So, and Michael worked not far away from, lived not far away from Peachtree City. So I got to know him for a couple of years in that kind of clan, him and his wife. And, um, and you know, I know how much he, you know, loves Buddy and, and especially Terry and and how much, you know, that, that Freebird uh, being an original free, the original Freebird and them doing what they did uh, that changed the wrestling business. Uh, I know how much that he takes that seriously. That's that's all. Hey, um, you mentioned Deep South, a lot of controversy in that place. Um, I'm pretty familiar, I think, with what a lot of what went on because it was the same. Uh, it was sort of the same uh kind of way that the power plant was run under uh sergeant buddy lee parker lots of squats lots of uh, run-in lots of um and 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 you know i we were both brought up in a way that that that's good thing but when i was at your uh at your house um and doing the talking shop of mania i was talking to one of the other guys that was there and he said you know if i was just breaking into the business and they wanted to try to weed me out I'd understand squats and running and push-ups and throw up, making you puke and all that. He goes, I was already established in the business. The WWE signed me and sent me there for them to groom me so that I could be more their style and be better at what they do. And I never thought of it that way because, you know, I'm old school and, you know, you know, uh, I've heard the stories, championship wrestling from Florida at the Armory where Eddie Graham would, Gordon Nelson would be, would play the uh, janitor and they'd say, hey, you know, if you could, if you could, if you could uh, beat the janitor, you could, uh, you could well t- t- teach you, and then Eddie would Eddie would tell Gordon to you know break his arm, break his leg. I think Hogan got his leg broke the first time he he did that deal. But um, at least that's at least yeah. that's the story. So, but 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 the but the guy I was talking to does have a point. I mean, you guys were already established wrestlers. What what were your thoughts about all that? Because you have a school now. Well, I know who uh, I know who you're talking about. I won't say his name, and he's 100 percent right. That should not have been the treatment that he received because he'd been around to, I don't want to give away too many clues. He'd been around. Uh, so I think they mishandled him for 21 year old me who'd been wrestling on the Indies for three years. It was greener than goose shit that probably needed that. I know that there will be people who disagree with this, but I think a lot of us needed that. Now, do I think six months would have been suffice to do that to us? Yeah, I don't think I should have 
necessarily done that for two years because I think that all those bumps and bumps and then and, and five hours of bumping and stuff every day that it probably contributes to the way that my hips and neck and lower back feel now. Uh, but I think it's a good introduction. I think three months of that, six months tops, something like that. It's very Japanese, like the uh, New Japan Dojo kind of still is now. Maybe not as, as intense because that, that used to be one of the toughest places in the world to break in. Um, but for a veteran guy, I don't think that's what you do because he's already earned those stripes. He's already been through it. For some young greenhorns who you might need to weed out and see who's who and what's what, yeah. Uh, you probably do need it for a minute. Did it need to go on and on and on? Maybe not. Um, you know, but it, it was what it was. I don't regret it. And I, I always say that I always probably appreciated anything wrestling ever gave me a little bit more because, you know, I started out sleeping in my car and being lucky to get 10 or 20 bucks somewhere driving up and down the East Coast. And then when I made it, my big break, so to say, when I signed there when I was 21, I was making $500 a week and doing that training every day. And, and, you know, I was the youngest, greenest guy that they had signed. So I was so bad that Jody said that he couldn't put me on TV. So he had told Bill, um, make the kid quit. So they had two classes at one point, once he got bigger in the morning and in the afternoon. And I had to do both. So I'm hitting a thousand squats a day and double the pushups and double the bumps. It was killing me. I had two ruptured discs in my back at one point and uh, had broken my elbow and stuff like that. So that might have been excessive. But what it did was prove to them that I would not quit. And uh, then I started catching on. And, um, you know, Jody and Bill were good to me and they liked me because uh, I, didn't, I didn't have any quit in me. I was too dumb to quit. I guess I still am. Um, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of fond memories that came out of that. There was a lot of crazy shit that I won't <laughs> divulge because I'm not that kind of a stooge. Um, but yeah, uh, could have been dialed back a bit, but you know, in the long run, I don't think anybody's too hurt by it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I love Jody Hamilton. He's been on the podcast and, uh, and, and it, I make no bones about the fact that if not for Jody Hamilton, I would not be in this business. So, uh, he gave me an opportunity in WCW that he probably shouldn't have. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I was able to, to warm my way in speaking of stooges. Um, Hey, you mentioned, when yeah, I'll tell you a story someday. I told it a million times on the podcast. Um, but next time I see you, we can have maybe a vodka and I'll tell you the story about the crazy Love shit. That that idea. <laughs> so, uh, and, and I know your time is valuable. So just a few more questions. Um, when you guys told your story last Friday, um, a week from this past Friday night, uh, which people could still listen to, uh, just Google Talking Shop. What, 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 is that a YouTube page or is that just, you just go to the Talking Shop uh, podcast page? The weekly podcast, you can listen to it wherever you listen to yeah. podcasts. As I always say, and always ask, rate, like, subscribe. Uh, that special countdown to Fucktown edition where we do the, the, the big shoot that everybody wanted to hear. Uh, that's youtube.com backslash Talking Shop podcast. And you can hear that in its entirety, all the stuff that, uh, David's alluding to now, and I, I appreciate you uh, stepping around that just so we're not repeating ourselves. But sure. uh, if you want to hear, hear it there, um, there's a lot of exclusive content as well on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com backslash talking shop. 
But uh, anyway, I'm stepping on your question. Go ahead. No, no worries. I, I did want to bring up Saudi Arabia, and I know I'm sure everybody brings it up, but because uh, it's there's a ton of palace intrigue in that story because it not only involves professional wrestling and WWE, a huge company, but it involves the politics and governments and 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 all sorts of crazy stuff. You know, big money and uh, payments that weren't made. I know that you don't know the particulars. I know you've told that story. When you look back on that, how, how uh, on a scale of one to ten, how nervous—I don't want to say scared—but how nervous were you that you guys might be getting into a situation where uh, that that you might, you know, you might not have the power to leave on your own? Well, I don't remember how I told this the other night, a week ago, whatever. But and I'm not saying this to sound like some badass wrestler guy or whatever. I'm just saying that because my experiences in the business, like everybody else's are unique. Um, the length of time that we sat and then when we had to leave and go to the hotel, that's when I felt like it was getting weird because it's been documented. I mean, I don't know, 16 hours, 20 hours, whatever. Um, and I did see the military police on the runway and all that, which people have covered. But in my mind, I just thought they're making this a huge inconvenience but I really don't think they're going to like hurt any of us or really long-term detain any of us because it's too many high profile people on the deal. Like there's too many of these. I mean, you think about that card, these guys with these high level followings and high level people from, you know, Goldberg to whoever, I mean, just a lot of really high profile people. So I thought as far as, you know, a government clash with, United States and the Saudis, and they probably were not going to do that. Um, it was extremely uncomfortable for a while because there was no air, and you're not allowed to have booze on the ground until you leave Saudi airspace. Oh, jeez. So, but you know, I've I've been I've been in the third world. I've been stranded in Nigeria, leaving my own wrestling crew when I was in my 20s, and I didn't know what I was doing. I've literally been held at gunpoint with machine guns in my face over trying to fight a promoter over money that was owed and a lot of dumb shit like that, put myself in a bad situation. And, and, you know, that one was a lot more scary, I think, than, than the Saudi thing. Cause I was like, you know, we're, we're here on this multi, multi, multi-million dollar private luxury, huge jet. And they got, you know, good food and all this stuff on here. It felt like it was a pissing match um, more than it felt like they're going to come on here and, do something bad to us, to be honest. And, and, you know, after hours and hours and hours, I did, I sent my wife a message. I went, Jesus Christ. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, I remember the message. I said, on the 1% chance that this ends bad, I bought you a hell of an engagement ring. Here's where I hit it. At least sell that thing. Solid loans. <laughs> That's great. Did, so did she go get it herself or did she wait for you to give it to her proper? No waited for me to give it to her she played she she did the right thing <laughs> yeah and when you take it to the next level and you get the wrestling out of it the the if you think about it and i know people made a big deal out of it and i know it was probably uncomfortable and it was a pain in the ass for you guys but if you take it to the next level the relationship that vince has with trump who's the president of the united states whether you like it or not and i'm not saying one way or the other uh and and the and the relationship that trump has with saudi arabia that that was never going to get anywhere uh you know, you're talking international incident. How I felt too. You know, I mean, Linda was in the fucking cabinet for Christ's sakes, whether you like it or you don't like yeah. it. Like you said, like it just didn't feel like with the government ties there that there was going to be, you know, 
they might have been in a pissing match, and sure. we heard everything you can imagine that you would hear. And I heard things from people on the headset that were unsettling, but do I really think that that stuff was really going to happen? I mean, no, not really. I don't. You mentioned that your wife uh, said that Sex Ferguson is really based on your own personality. Um, did you did you base it on any other of the wrestlers that you had seen growing up? Was there like one or two that you based that character on, or was it just you being you, like your wife said? No, I uh, I started out uh, wrestling independent shows in West Virginia when I was going to college there, and uh, basically my first foray into the business other than just being a mark was my late teenage years riding up and down, you know, through West Virginia, Virginia, the Carolinas, Georgia, and meeting a lot of those guys who like in 2002, 2003, were still in the business who were maybe leftover territory guys or old WCW guys, or just these uh, indie veterans who had every story in the book and were just wild as hell and always fucked up and just seeing things that, you know, a small town Western Maryland kid had never seen before and only read about. <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of based it off of that. Like, you know, I remember meeting Buddy Landell, God rest his soul, oh, geez. Um, and working an Indian reservation show for him outside. And we were in the main event. And I'm tagging with the guy that, you know, we're doing the ring rental. And of course, I'm his young boy. So I'm setting up the ring and doing everything and then taking the heat in the main event of this outdoor show on this. Uh, Native American uh, reservation and I'm reaching for the hot tag and the Native American brothers are, are hyping the crowd up and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be awesome. Here we go. And I look up and I see Buddy and he knows the hot tag's coming and he knows he's been select- sitting there collecting the money uh, <laughs> and he took the money box and sprinted to the car so the veteran that I'm reaching for the tag on sees this and goes, get the fuck out of the ring. The match is over. He's stealing the money. <laughs> And y'all went chasing after Buddy. Yeah, we were chasing Buddy down the highway trying to get our money, and he ends up at the same McDonald's that two nights before when we came in town to meet him. He was just amazed that they had dollar cheeseburgers on the uh, McDonald's menu or double cheeseburgers or something. And he's in there with like a tray of cheeseburgers trying to sit down, and we end up chasing him through a McDonald's, and he gives us the money back and apologizes. But like shit like that was how I broke into wrestling. It wasn't maybe the traditional way that kids do it now, but uh, I, I love all those memories and those stories. So Sex Ferguson is based on a lot of that stuff. A couple more questions and I'll let you go, um, uh, if that's okay. Uh, all yep. the ideas that you guys had for this Talking shop mania what's the one that popped you the most when you thought of it? The Boneyard match. I just thought, we did a Boneyard match. How about a Boneyard match? I don't know if you were still outside for the finish. Oh, I was there the whole time. <laughs> I, I had had a couple of vodkas by then, though, because I never drink before <laughs> I work. But you said you guys said you're done for the day. And well, that's a whole nother vodka is a whole nother story. But uh, uh, oh, yeah, that's, we, have, we have plenty of podcasts for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to come uh, on anytime. Old, 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 machine gun, old machine gun fell on the sword for me. Nobody's really fallen on the sword for me in a long time in this. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> sure did, but but yeah, I think we got a big kick out of that. And then there's a, not to give away too much, but there's a there's a segment with some guys that I love, know, and respect. David, you were there, you saw it play out. That was one of the other better things that came out of that. And I think that those guys made it even better than it was in my head. 
And uh, but I also popped through the cameos in the boner yard. There were some really uh, really funny cameos in there. It's maybe a little too insider some of it, but um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, I don't want to give it away either, but I'm thinking about one particular uh, gimmick table that I thought was that popped the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think I know the answer to this, but you never know if you don't ask. Uh, being that you guys are now the you know the faces of Impact Wrestling for the most part, uh, if you could pick one wrestler in any promotion, uh, New Japan, AEW, WWE, that you could bring in to really seal this Impact deal, who would it be? I mean, you know the answer to that. He's the one of the best TNA originals ever. I would have brought him along with me. I would have brought Uncle Allen, AJ Styles. I figured that, but I just I, I wanted to ask the question. Um, yeah, God. No, if- no. If only, if only that could happen. Hey, last question. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this. The quote-unquote David Penzer impersonation. Um, so the David the Penzer impersonation, as you called me out on, uh, I started out doing a bad Penzer, but it quickly turned into Gary Michael Capetto. K- I, I told you, kayfabe on that, man. <laughs> Just call it the David Penzer. I don't care who you're doing. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but anyway, Penzer, you have a long storied legacy in Talking Shop, which you don't even know about because you've been brought up, I think, every episode we've ever done, including the ones that started in Japan uh, years ago, just because I thought it was fun for us to have formal introductions and pretend like the people were actually in the room, but my impersonations are not as good as I sometimes get credit for being. In fact, my Penzer impersonation sucks, but I'm still going to try. And I love you for it. Yeah, I was funny story. I was at the first WrestleCon and I was waiting for an Uber when I was done for the day. And this fan came up to me and said, what do you think about Gallows doing a Penzer impersonation? I, I didn't know you guys did a podcast. I, I, you know, I knew you guys. Who, were who the hell is Gallows? No, no, I knew who you were. But I'm like, what are you talking about? And he uh, and, and he, he said, wait, hold on. You don't know what I'm talking about. And he pulled it up on, on his cell phone. And I was like, I was like, oh my god, that's it doesn't sound like me, but that's cool as hell. So uh, I've sort of been, I've sort of been following from afar. And then when I got uh, me and uh, Jericho kind of got tight again, and uh, 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 he did my podcast, I did his podcast, I sold his house. Uh, we he 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 always gets a big kick out of you doing uh, the David Penzer uh, impersonation. So uh, so yeah, anytime you want me on uh, on Talking Shop, I'm happy to be there, and I'll even do the Gary Pen- the Gary Capetta impersonation uh, so that you don't blow that gimmick. I love it, and we need to get that thing scheduled soon. I, we should probably do it really soon because we we got Talking Shop and Mania right around the corner. Uh, in closing, thank you guys. So listening to my ramblings, I hope you will join myself. I hope you will join the legendary David Penzer. I hope you will spend that $14.95. You can buy it on regular pay-per-view or on high pay-per-view via the fight app. Talking Shop and Mania, 9 p.m. August the 1st. The main event is the Boner Yard. Chad Too Bad versus Sex Ferguson. All the cameos of all the people better than us and all the fun that ensued while we were putting it together. Join us next Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. If you're here in Georgia, you can watch it along live with me after my meet and greet, after boozing with the boys. We will be at Southern Brewing Co. in Athens, Georgia. A social distancing affair, but it will be a good time. Drinks will be had, and I hope to see you there. I'd love to have been there, but I I don't know. Maybe Frankie will drive us up there just for that. Anyway, hey, hey. 
Yeah, tell you this, Frankie's coming, so I got to get is he really? your name off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to... Uh... I have to check with the wife. It's uh, it's close to our wedding anniversary, so I, I some things you can't push your luck on. I'll say this: I'll say this on your podcast, so you can hold me to it. If you get in the car with Frankie, your bar tab is on me. Um. Okay. I'm just you just sold me. Uh, I'll send you a text and let you know. But um, right now, I would say that the uh, that, that 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 the answer to that question is trending uh, very uh, trending worldwide. To me, coming up and checking that out. If you're serious and you have time and you want to text it to me later, I will make a graphic so fans know that they can come and buy all of their David Penzer merchandise right along. <laughs> yeah, because I got so much. <laughs> I can print some pictures of you. <laughs> oh, I got I got the old WCW pictures. Perfect. <laughs> I used to do I used to do when like back when I was out of the business and, and I didn't think I was ever coming back, I had like a stack of old WCW glossy eight by tens and I'm obsessed with fantasy football and I do all these fantasy football analysis and I was doing them on that because it was like, you know, the hard backing and uh so I'd fold the picture in half and you know, you didn't see me, you just saw the, the back and I do that and at some point when you know, WWE Network started to get bigger and people started talking about Nitro again. And some people started saying, hey, you know, how much would you charge to come do an autograph session? My son was like, you do realize you like he said, how much would you charge for that? I said, ah, five, ten bucks, you know, not a lot. He said, you probably used about a thousand dollars worth of pictures on fantasy football. And he was right. I I'm with your son. I would have went and bought you some paper so you wouldn't have wasted all that money. because I didn't think I was. Doc, I never thought in a million years that that anybody would would give a shit about David Penzer, that, that I would have a podcast for three years, that that you would be doing an impression of me, that uh, that they would use my voice for, to induct Sting into the WWE Hall of Fame, let alone that the more would have called me and, and, and invited me back to the dance. So, uh, man, just well, you're it's a classic in the voice of our childhood. You're a legend. So I need you to think a little more highly of yourself. And I'm going to fucking get you some TNA, some impact eight by tens because this is ridiculous i'm such a gimmick whore that's hurting my loins to hear this right now so if you're coming let me know I, i'm gonna have a conversation with the wife and we'll work on that uh all right thanks so yeah, much either thanks, way i'm looking forward to seeing the, the pay-per-view if you're a southpaw fan if you like that type of humor you are going to love this i guarantee you i was there like i said and like uh, doc said and um and I can't wait to see the finished products. Thank you so much for your time, man. And we'll stay in touch. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for coming. What a blast was had in Luke Gallo's home in Atlanta. And what a blast was had this weekend in Impact Wrestling. And what a blast you will have if you order Talking Shop Amania. If you like Southpaw. If you liked Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation, their Christmas episode that Impact did, uh, you will love Talking Shopamania, I guarantee you. And I think I actually may be driving up just to go hang, which uh, I never thought I'd say. But, hey, he did say the bar tab's on him. Um, so, uh, but, but be sure to order that. It's this coming Saturday, August the 1st, 9 o'clock on all the platforms, including Fight TV and all the different pay-per-view platforms. And um, it's only, like you said, $14.95. It's $15. Bucks. Uh, probably the most entertaining, most entertainment you'll get out of $15 bucks in a long time. 
in this crazy uh, world in 2020 we're living in. So, and I, and I honestly would not t- tell you to be so supportive if I didn't think it was absolutely one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So, want to thank Doc, and we'll get Carl Anderson on at some point, and um, and got a lot, a lot, a lot of talent that could uh, tell their stories up in the coming weeks. And like I said earlier, Lance Storm scheduled to be here next week, and. Um, and we'll talk about his journey in professional wrestling. And I'd, I'd love to, you know, uh, I've, I've never talked to him really about uh, them go, going to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, him and Chris Jericho, um, all the way from uh, northern northwestern Canada. So uh, I've talked to Jericho a lot about it, but I've never talked to Lance. So I'd like to love to and looking forward to getting Lance's thoughts on the thrill seekers joining Smoky Mountain Wrestling, talking about fish out of water. Um, but um so thank you to Doc Gallows, and you can go on their Patreon and their YouTube page. It's all over the place. A uh, talking shop, talking shop of mania on pay per view, and you can catch us every Tuesday on either Twitch or Access TV. Tuesday, eight o'clock Eastern Time, as part of the all new and improved Impact Wrestling. Looking forward to talking to Lance Storm next week again. If you have any questions you want to hit me up with, or you just want to join the conversation. Hit me up on Twitter at David Penzer, all one word. Finally surpassed 4,000 followers. And as I say that, probably five will drop out and I'll be back down to 3998 or something, which is cool. Uh, uh, somebody wrote me this uh, text about how he really wanted to get me past 4,000 and he's going to do everything he can. And I said, seriously, if if I don't get to 4,000 followers, that's probably the 20,000th 20, 20, worst thing that's ever happened in my life. So, uh you know, I love interacting on Twitter and uh, have a blast, but I, you can't take that stuff seriously. It is what it is. So anyway, um, Lance Storm coming up, Teddy Long coming up. We're going to get Carl Anderson on here. Uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, we're going to talk a little Jay Lethal, Ric Flair. Um, uh, uh, one of the fun- Somebody asked me the other day on Twitter what the funniest TNA, what my favorite TNA segment is. I didn't even have to think twice. It's uh, Jay Lethal, uh, Ric Flair coming to face to face with Ric Flair slash Jay Lethal. I still watch it uh, probably once a month to this day uh, after a couple of drinks. So, um, so we're going to get him on as well. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. And uh, thank you for your support. Be sure to subscribe if you don't. Leave a review if you can. Tell your friends and family if you think it's something they would enjoy. And until next week, I'm David Penzer. I'm sitting ringside. Follow David Penzer on Twitter at David Penzer. Also, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at Penzer Ringside. You've been sitting ringside with David Penzer on Radio Influence. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>